Disclaimer, Joss, Jules, and Nevermore are not professional therapists. They will be sharing their personal experiences and advice, but this is in no way a substitute for professional help. There is also a good chance of swearing, tears, and triggering conversations, so listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slaying Demons, a podcast about facing your fears in life and being the best version of yourself. I am your host, Jocelyn, and joining me, as always, are my two loveliest ladies, Jules and Nevermore. Hello, ladies. We're back! Yay! Yay. I'm so excited. I know. I know. I was feeling so sick and so crappy after Easter. Uh, This always happens when we, like, see family. I get so, so, so sick. And I was was blaming the children, like I do, because they are just (laughs) walking balls of germs. Uh, But it turns out it was actually my dad, and he's still fighting the cold. So it kind of took the wind out of both of us. So that was a little bit unfortunate, but... Better now, kind of ish. I've been having some other weird health issues, but um, at least I don't have a cold anymore. <laughs> so, yay. Yay? <laughs> yeah. I was, well, okay. So, over the weekend, um, actually, I guess the first time was either Wednesday or Thursday last week. I can't really remember. Um, I woke up and I had this like ridiculous pain, like right here underneath, like kind of where my diaphragm is almost. And I I couldn't really breathe. And I was like, okay, this is really weird. This really hurts. Like what's going on? But I didn't think too much of it because it went away after I got up and it was probably like, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes. It went away. So I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, no big deal. I probably just slept funny. Well, Sunday morning, it woke me up because it hurt so bad. I was crying. I threw up. Like it just, it was this, I couldn't breathe. It was this, the most insane pain. Like I haven't been in this level of pain since I had a, I had a cyst burst actually about this time last year. And I haven't been in, yeah, you remember that, right? Like, and I haven't been in that amount of pain since then. And, but it was weird because it was like right up under my boobs, like right where my diaphragm is. Like it was so freaking weird. And it was like right in the center and like radiating out. It felt like somebody was literally like stabbing me. And I was like, oh my gosh, WTF is going on. But then like, and like I say, I couldn't breathe. I was crying. I was throwing up like it was intense pain. And they went away again. Like I timed it because when I woke up, I looked at my clock and it was like two minutes after 10 on Sunday morning. And by quarter to 11, because Matt got up and he was like, you know, Matt, he's all like calm and like zen all the time. He was being all calm and zen, but like he told me later, he's like, I was freaking the fuck out. (laughs) Yeah. So funny when they say shit like that. They're like, I was terrified. You're like, why didn't you tell me? And he's like, because you were terrified. I didn't want me to be terrified too. I didn't want that to make me more terrified. So anyways, it was gone, like not gone, gone. I I pretty much like just kind of laid out for most of Sunday and watched Hearthstone. But like, I was just like, this is so weird because I went from like, unable to breathe to like dull achy pain in the course of like 40 minutes and I've been fine since like so anyways I was talking to my mom and uh, apparently both sides of my family have very severe gallbladder issues almost nobody actually still has their gallbladder so she's like that sounds like what it is you should go to a doctor (laughs) I was like I probably should Yeah, because then it's a flare-up, right? Yeah, that's, that's like well, that's kind of what it is. It feels like something is flaring up or an attack or some sort of something. So, <laughs> yay, Jocelyn's health issues. But I think my attempts to be super healthy is probably what brought it on because um, basically, uh, so since I'm giving like all these crazy updates because it's been about three weeks since we recorded. I know. (laughs) But um, so on Easter, we had family photos. So it was uh, Matt's mom's 
uh, milestone birthday, we shall say. <laughs> and so she, we had family photos done on Easter Sunday. And both Matt and I were kind of like, mm, we're not loving how we're looking. <laughs> so we made the decision that we were going to together eat healthier, be healthier. And so since then, I have not had anything to drink. I have not, like, I'm alcoholic, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like, what? <laughs> no, no, I have not had anything alcoholic to drink. <laughs> I've basically just been drinking water. Um, I haven't had any excess sugar, so, like, I had been eating, like, candy and chocolate and all that kind of stuff, like, daily. Um, so I haven't had any excess chocolate. I haven't had any excess fat, so, like, I haven't been eating cheese on things or, like, and, guys, chocolate, cheese, and wine, they're, like, <laughs> I love Joss them. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yes. Joss feel. That's a really <laughs> good way to put it. Um, so, yeah, and I haven't had any of that, and then... I've actually been eating, like, three solid meals a day of some kind or another. Like, I've been having cereal in the morning and then, like, a protein shake or something in the afternoon. Like, just, I've actually been getting nutrients and eating dried fruit and nuts for snacks, which is, like, <laughs> But <laughs> the point is, I've been eating and, like, really, quote-unquote, taking care of myself, and I don't think my body knows how to handle it. My body yeah. is revolting right now. It's just like, I'm going to give you the stinkiest farts you've ever smelled in your life. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, um, Matt, I hope you still love me after this, because honestly, sometimes it's disgusting. <laughs> Your body you so is going much. through so much. Yeah. And, like, so it's so So I think true. that's what's like, causing whatever the stomach, gallbladder, or whatever issues it is that I've had in the last few days. I think that's what is causing it is just these crazy swings of diet because I basically went, okay. Oh, the other thing I cut out was pop soda. Like, I haven't had any of that either. So I've just been, you know, like cereal and then like fruit filled smoothie shake thing in the afternoon and then very small dinner with a salad with spinach and tomato and vomit inducing grossness <laughs> i hate vegetables guys i like wine i like cheese i like chocolate <laughs> well i'm proud of you because that's a huge deal to start working on all that stuff yep i totally understand though because that's how it was for me is that when we were at disneyland this weekend my sister was all about photos and we did the meet and greet with Chewbacca and they're like, okay, group picture. And like Chewbacca's on the left, like, cause it's a big group, right? Yeah. Like he's not in the middle, which I was expecting. <laughs> and then it went, my sister, her husband, my niece, and then me and Ben. <laughs> it's like, I got pushed to the front and I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. She sent me that picture. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Changes are are in progress so good for you because you're already working on it mine i still got to do the whole work around work lunch thing so i basically decided that i knew that there were going to be a lot of pictures taken at nurtacular it's the last nurtacular i'm going to be a featured guest i'm very excited about that i love going to nurtacular and being around all these people because they're all very loving and very supportive and everyone's just like they are the most dedicated fans of a move and frog pants and CTR and just ever like that group of people. They are the most dedicated fans because they're the ones that pay for, you know, the ticket and the flight and the expensive hotel. And like, they are the be all end all of the most biggest fans. So I know that I am not going to get up in front of that room of people and have people go, boo, you're fat. We hate you. Oh, gross. <laughs> but exactly. But yes, <laughs> but, I still, like, I know that there are going to be a lot of pictures in this event, and I want to look back on those pictures fondly, and I don't want to be looking at every picture going, oh, you're gross, I hate you. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I've, I've kind of made Nurtacular my goal, and I'm like, if I could just stay away from wine and cheese and chocolate until Nurtacular, I should at least be able to see that difference. And I've already seen, it's been, like I said, since Easter, so a couple weeks, and I've already seen the difference, like I did before when I did this in December. Although it wasn't this drastic in December, it was like, I stopped drinking, basically. Now yeah. I've stopped, stopped sugar, too, and I feel just less bloated. Like, I feel like my face is a little bit more, like, thin, and my stomach is a little bit thinner. Like, I just, I feel like... 
I can stand up straight and suck in my stomach again. And I'm like, oh, there's there's abs there. <laughs> you know, like I just I, you know, d- drinking booze is not good for you kids. Like spoiler alert, <laughs> drinking booze is bad. And guy, <laughs> it yeah. really makes you bloated. Yeah. And that's gross a good time and, limit, though. Yeah. It gives you, you know, it sets it where it's not over the top. It's not a year. It's not whatever. It's not forever. But it's a good time limit where you're building that habit up. Mm-hmm. And by then you're going to be like, this is nothing. Like I've been doing it for this long now. And you're, mm-hmm. you know, you're doing it. So good for you. I am a good little bit you. worried about the summer. I'm not going to lie because I used to be a huge fan of beer, but it's really starting to do a number on my digestive system in general. Whenever I drink beer, it's just, it never makes me feel good. And, but I got an email today about a craft beer festival in Toronto on uh, the weekend before Nurtacular. And I really want to go because they have a scotch hut as well, which means they're like, I could spend the entire day in there. (laughs) And I'm like, so I really want to go. But then I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have like a super boozy weekend the weekend before Nurtacular. And then your Nurtacular is going to be super boozy too because it just always is. And Mm -hmm. I just, I feel like, if I don't do anything, if I have this super healthy lifestyle leading up to Nurtacular, oh my god, I'm gonna hate myself in the first week of July. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you gotta be careful. There'll be more events yeah. like that too. You know, like well, that's not... the thing. Yeah, summer is prime, like especially in Canada because we only have a very short amount of time where we can actually have festivals and celebrations outside. So everything gets crammed what? in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. We have a very short amount of time with which we can celebrate outside. So we cram everything into July and August. And uh, yeah, it gets pretty, pretty crazy. So you need to be careful, too, because I, I went this is speaking from experience from last weekend. I have been eating healthy about 80 percent of the time. And so on like Friday, Saturday, I tend to like loosen the reins a little bit. And the Saturday we had a meetup for a bunch of people in here in Minnesota and we went out to a brew pub and I ate and drank way too much stuff, (laughs) way too much. And I got home and I was awake by 2 AM feeling like absolute shit. Like my stomach was, you know, just disgusting and all because I, I just hadn't been eating and drinking food, you know, drinking booze and then eating like pizza and popcorn and fried foods and I'm like I haven't eaten any of this stuff in ages Mm -hmm. and so oh so yeah it was um just so just be careful when it's time for nerdtacular because that first couple of indulgences may hurt Mm -hmm. I've got to say so last night was our first time oh the other thing is too we've been cooking we haven't been ordering in which that was another thing that we do a lot of so last night um, we hadn't had a chance to go grocery shopping and our roommate was stuck at work so our other roommate and his wife and we were like oh we should all do dinner together and we'll do something but she didn't have any groceries either like okay we're going to get something. What are we going to get? So we got pad thai. And I've got to say, like, I had I had one deep fried spring roll and then like a quarter of an order of pad thai. <laughs> and oh, my God, it was like sex in my mouth. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I have missed deep fried food so much. This is amazing. <laughs> I was like, this spring roll oh might be God. the best thing that's happened to me in weeks. <laughs> so yeah but I mean I've still been so that was like my big indulgence and uh, yeah it was still quite small and I've because I find that my my eating habits and my drinking habits are very very similar to my money habits I can't let myself slip because then it's just like like basically like one and done like I just I, oh well I, I had chocolate yesterday so I'm fucked now so I'm just gonna eat a chocolate and go back to doing what I was doing because I've already yeah. screwed it up like, I can't do, like, the 80% thing. It's, like, all or nothing. <clears throat> Excuse me, all or nothing, which I think is why it kind of failed previously because it's, like, if I'm just in a in a state of, like, basically deprivation, that works better for my mind because then I'm just, like, I can't have anything versus saying, like, okay, well, you know, uh, like, cheesy, fatty things are fine, but sweets are bad or, you know, like, I can't have alcohol, but I'm going to eat my face off with candy. Like, I just, it, it's... I can't have anything unhealthy, like nothing. <laughs> That's just the way that my brain works. So, I mean, I've been able to stick to it longer than I've really stuck to anything else. So I think it's it's good. But yeah, it's definitely extreme and my body's not happy with me because of it. 
<laughs> but you know, that's totally not our topic this week, by the way, guys. <laughs> like huge blur of updates because it's been so long since we've talked. I mean, I'm updating the ladies as much as I'm updating you guys, really and truly. Um, but yeah, so our demon of the week this week, actually, we're going to talk about being online all the time and the expectation that people have of being able to get a hold of you all the time, as well as kind of managing specifically for us in our situation as, um, well, I guess we're podcasters, but I also do the Twitch streaming as well. We're going to talk about managing fan expectations when it comes to access to you and talking about basically uh, the relationship that we have with people that we don't necessarily know. And um, this conversation has been basically the whole idea of being on online all the time and accessible all the time and the, the mental toll that that can take on you has actually been on our docket for probably 15 episodes or so. It's been, it's been like in our future demons tab in our show notes for, for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. But the reason why we thought it would be a good time to talk about this is there was an article that came out on Kotaku this morning talking about uh, fans taking their love of Twitch streamers too far and telling the story of Elaheim, how he actually had a fan from Singapore show up on his doorstep at one o'clock in the morning. And um, so basically the idea of the one-sided relationship that streamers tend to have and how people start to feel, and I think we've actually touched on this before, about how, I, I think it was on the show, I might be totally remembering wrong, but um, basically how uh, streamers and podcasters share so much, especially in the style of what we do. And I was slaying demons is, is a perfect example because we literally share some of the most Im- intimate details of our lives in order to uh, entertain, for lack of a better term. I guess inform and entertain in some cases. So mm-hmm. uh, Educate, we, help Educate, others. help, yeah. yeah. So we share quite a lot of detail about ourselves and our lives. And when you're sitting and listening to somebody, you feel like you're getting to know them. But on the other side of it, from our perspective, like there's a good 1,500 of you that I don't even know what your screen name is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you could be listening to the sound of my voice right now feeling like you have a very close connection to me. And I'm glad that that's the kind of relationship and connection that we can form, even though it is one-sided. But there are some people who kind of forget about the one-sided nature of that and think that they are, you know, your super best friend. (laughs) And you're like, Mm -hmm. I don't know your name. (laughs) So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. And uh, first of all, I want to talk a little bit about the article because... um, I actually got the privilege of podcasting with Elheim a few weeks ago. Um, we did a spoiler episode for one of the shows that he does with Chan Man. And he is, oh my God, such a nice guy. Like, I can see the appeal of him. And I can see how his viewers would become attached. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, like, he is just, he is really and truly a very great guy. So I can completely understand this. But uh, it's a little bit scary, too, at the same time. Because basically what happened was uh, a listener slash viewer from Singapore, who I believe was about 19 at the time, was in a very poor mental state, was depressed and hated his life, was really upset, and decided to travel to the States, bought a one-way ticket, and abandoned the life that he had, and just wanted to be with Elohim because he thought that he would basically like almost fix his life. Like, he just, he didn't have anything positive in his life except for the streamer, and he wanted to just be with the streamer and thought that would fix everything. Like, I just need to be around this person in real life, and then my life will be better. So, I, Jules, and I know you read the article as well. Like, do you have any kind of thoughts? Hey, <laughs> or, I can read too. I know. Okay? I, I, I know you can. Too. I know you can. <laughs> I just knew specifically that Jules was familiar with the article, and I was just throwing it to her. Jesus, nevermore. I just have to give you shit about it. Um, You know, it's this is a that's an extreme example. It is. It's very extreme. You know, and but the the sad part about reading this article is that there are a lot of extreme examples of this happening. Um. You know, a non-extreme example of this, and, you know, when I read this article, I was just kind of nodding the whole time. Like, yeah. I totally 
understand this. Mm-hmm. I feel this because it's like the, the non-extreme examples are like we go to a, a convention or something like that. And someone who is a fan of your shows comes over and says, I love what you do. I love your shows. They ask me questions about my life. Like, how are my cats doing? And how is your move? And stuff that I've shared on the show. Mm-hmm. And it's totally it's benign. But at the same time, I am un- I am not equipped to be <laughs> that same person because I don't know a thing about this person. But mm-hmm. they know all this stuff about me because I shared it. It's weird. Yeah. It is a little off-putting and it can be a really difficult thing. And when it becomes extreme, like for Elaheim's situation, where a, a person actually – I mean, and, and this, this young man, like – he came to his house to say, I want to, I'm staying with you. And when mm-hmm. they, when he refused, he said, I'm, I'm not like, he slept in his yard. Yeah. He, he basically offered, said, I'm he not leaving. Him, <laughs> he offered the young guy an Uber and a hotel room for the night of mm-hmm. like, Hey, like you're here. I get it. But here, let me help you kind of a thing. And the guy yeah. didn't want anything to do with it. He's mm-hmm. like, it's you or nothing. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And wound up wanting to sleep in his yard. And the problem is like, so there's a streamer who feels guilty and obligated to try to help out this person who, in all intents and purpose, and he says this in the article, I should have called the police. Mm-hmm. I should have. I mean, I know better now. I should have just called the police and said that I'm not like I didn't agree to this relationship mm-hmm. or this this transaction. I did not agree to you finding my address because I didn't share it with you. Mm-hmm. to come into my space where my wife, my fiance and my daughter are and, and telling me that you're staying in my home uninvited. Mm-hmm. But he, as the streamer who is willing and, and wanting to support his community feels badly about calling the police on someone who is, is threatening his personal space. Mm-hmm. And that happens, that happens more often than you will know guys. It yep. happened to me. It, it happened to me and I, it was the early days of my podcasting career. Um, I've never told this story in, in a show before and I won't obviously share the, the specific details, but, um, I was new to podcasting. I doing this advice type show and, um, I was willingly sharing, you know, if people, we were doing like call in shows and stuff. And so my Skype was available to people cause we would like, friend them on Skype to bring them into mm-hmm. the show. So there was an individual in the community, this a guy who had my Skype and typically like you know it's kind of an unwritten unwritten rule in Skype is like you don't just call somebody in Skype, you'll usually like message them first and ask yeah. them if they're available to talk. <laughs> this guy would just call and when he saw me online and you know want to talk and I would never answer because it was like that's kind of not cool like mm-hmm. don't just call me on Skype so one one day I was at home it was you know about 10 or so in the evening and he sent me a message in Skype to tell me that he was um he needed to talk to me immediately because he was going to kill himself if he didn't and he was very drunk he had been drinking about an entire bottle of vodka and I got on the call with him because I didn't want to be the one responsible for not helping somebody. Yep. He kept me on the phone. I was working. I mean, I was working a full-time job. He kept me on the phone till over one o'clock in the morning and I begged him. I begged him to please, I need you to call the suicide hotline. And he kept telling me about his life. He told me things I never wanted to know about his life. Um, but he just kept telling me how he wanted to end it all and how it was going to, you know, and I, I was the only person that could keep him here. And I just begged and begged and begged for him to call. So, call you got to call somebody. You, you, there's people there that can help you. And he, he was so drunk at that point that he passed out. And uh, I had to cut ties. I had to do, I, I, I was so destroyed. Like I, I messaged him the next day to make sure he was still alive because <laughs> I didn't know what happened. And he said, uh, he said, yes. And, uh, you know, and I said, will you please call somebody? And he did, I believe. But um, I removed him from my Skype because I didn't want that contact anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, to th- I mean, I've, I've never told this story. Um, it was it was really hard 
to deal with because I didn't, you know, I didn't sign up for this. I didn't <laughs> sign up for someone to tell me I'm a podcaster for God's sake. You know, I'm not, I'm not a therapist and I'm not somebody who can save somebody or should be responsible for saving someone's life in that way. And, um, it, it so to this day, I am so protective of the information that I share about myself and to let people in because of that incident, hmm. because you just never know. You never, ever know. So when I read this article, I was almost in tears because it brought it all back. It all, like I, I hadn't thought about it in a long time, but it happens and it happens to people and it's not good. It's not good. And it's scary. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's really funny that you, that you bring up the, just the whole suicide attempt that like you're the only person because I mean, and I think this has happened to never more before because we were actually discussing of whether or not we should do a a whole episode about this because Mm -hmm. I know it's happened to me more than once where I've had somebody who I've grown close in in a couple of cases it's somebody that at least I had a relationship with but I've mm-hmm. had other times where that's how they start the relationship and unfortunately in one particular case like that was basically where the relation start relationship started and then yeah. I was unable to then tell them that I didn't want anything to do with them for fear of you know like uh, putting that space there and pushing them over the edge and yeah. I let a relationship go way further than I wanted it to because I was too afraid to say anything to them for fear of, you know, pushing them away and over the edge and being responsible for that person. And, uh, yeah, like, it's it's really hard because, like you say, in in one case, there was someone who I'd grown close to before he got to the point of wanting to end his life. And, and at that point, I was just like, oh, my God, like, what do I do? And with the other person, like I say, it was the start of the relationship. So I didn't know how to how to break it off, basically. Mm-hmm. But like you say, we're not equipped to deal with this. <laughs> like, I am not a counselor I like my my best friend is a social worker. She did uh she was a suicide hotline operator and like she she is equipped to deal with this. <laughs> like but I have, to those people, I have I have no can't. idea. I have no idea what to do. I don't know how she does what she does. <laughs> I could not deal with that on a daily no. basis. Like I my my is it empathetic or whatever? My brain would be like mush. Like I couldn't I could not handle that. But yeah, like she has specialized training. She went back for a master's degree. Like she she has studied this. She knows psychology. She knows how to deal with people in these situations. We don't. But since people feel like they know us so well, they're just like, you're the only person who can help me right now. And I'm just like, oh, dude, I don't know. <laughs> like, I really mm-hmm. don't know. And I want to. And because yeah. we are nice, caring people, we want to. But yeah, like, I am I am just as afraid of saying, like, the wrong thing as I am of saying nothing. Like, because you don't want to ignore stuff like that. But at the same time, you don't want to, like, I'm, I'm, I'm measuring every word I say and everything I type because I'm just like, oh, my God, like, what if I do the wrong thing? What if I say... Yeah the wrong thing and then that's the end and I did that then I feel like I did that and I killed the person and that is an insane amount of stress for someone who just wants to talk about fucking video games <laughs> yeah and the, the 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 irony of it is that we feel guilty for not being there for a person who has violated our personal space mm. And that was what I had to come to terms with in that situation was that I did not ask for this person to share all of the things that he shared with me. I did not ask him to do that. I did not invite him to do that. He put me in that position because that's what he wanted from me. Mm-hmm. And so when I and I spent months feeling guilty that I disconnected, you know, I, I blocked him from Skype because I'm like, you are a terrible person because you don't want to help him. And it's like. I realized that, you know, I had to because I couldn't, I did not agree to that contract. And when it comes to the streamers talking about these, these situations, 
Um, Elheim did not agree to someone <laughs> showing up on his doorstep because he plays video games online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and no one, even if you give them money, even if you donate to their cause, even if you say, I want to do that, you, they, that streamer, that podcaster, that personality does not owe you a thing. Well, the thing that You're they're paying. giving you is the podcast. You are paying yeah. for the podcast or the stream right. or the entertainment, whatever form that takes. Like, you're not paying for any piece. Like, you guys, I'm sorry. I love you. Every single person who has ever donated or supported what I do for a living, I love you. You don't fucking own me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and there are people who have that perception that they do. Yeah. Because they support you financially. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's it's not a contract that you enter in that the this person is now your friend mm-hmm. or that they owe, you know, you as a streamer or a podcaster owe them any special treatment beyond what you agreed to when you all opened up your, you know, we could do your streaming thing. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, there is that element of a kind of expected friendship when they do have access to you in all these different ways, because I mean, now We've got Twitter, we've got Discord, we've got Skype, we've got in-game chat, we've got, you know, all these different platforms where people can uh, contact you and talk to you. And I think that at least in in my personal experience, I had some people, uh, for instance, uh, Josh, who we've talked about a few times, who lives down in Florida, and actually Jim, who also lives down in Florida, um, those are a couple of relationships that I have with, um, with viewers who started out as fans of my very first show when it was 100 listeners or less. And so I formed a relationship with them and a mutual friendship through, you know, them supporting my shows and, you know, them being there in my stream all the time and then us getting to meet at cons. And it was a friendship that evolved over time because I knew them from early podcast days. And I think that some people see that and think, if I can just be recognized by this streamer, by this podcaster, then I will have the same experience. And mm. so then they make donations or, you know, they show up and they talk in chat all the time. And I'm not talking about anyone currently in chat. So guys, don't feel like I'm like <laughs> saying like, hey, Hachikumo, you talk too much and grr, arg, stay out of my personal space. Um I'm not directing this at anyone. I just mean like kind of generally, I think people see the relationships that I have with early supporters of the stream and think if she just sees my name enough or if she just notices me, then we are friends too. And there is this expectation then of a relationship. And they think, you know, the more times my name flashes up on the screen as a donation, then the more she's going to be friends with me. And that's not really how it works. Like, yeah. I mean, my friendships with these guys, I've been podcasting for five years now. Like, it's five years in the making. And, you know, it's it's an outside of all of this friendship. And I yeah. think sometimes that, you know, that just gets lost. It's like people think that that's the path to being friends with a person. And that's not necessarily, that's just not how it works. <laughs> you yeah. know, like you're friends with who you're friends with and and, you know, like, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard to explain naturally. Exactly. It's like a seesaw. Like you have two people on a seesaw. If only one of them is sitting there, like it's not gonna do what it's supposed to be doing. And you have to eventually like give up on the fact that you have to like get up and go do something else because the seesaw (laughs) is not going to (laughs) work. I know that's really stupid, but like, again, that's where my brain goes. But I mean, like when we first became friends, like, I volunteered to like help you with something because you needed someone like you didn't have anybody you needed the healer or whatever. And then from there, like just, you know, participating on and like, I don't even remember like the key points that like made our friendship grow. It was just over time, you know, we would talk and stuff and it just kind of clicked. 
Mm-hmm. Where well, I, I remember don't... like running the dungeon with you the first time. Like I literally got off of that stream and I was like, man, that girl who ran the dungeon with us, I really liked her. She was sweet. Like I should do more stuff with her. She was awesome. And then like I saw your name in guild chat and stuff. So then I would make an effort to be like, hey, do you want to go do something? Like, let's go do another dungeon or something. And, you know, like then I got to hang out with you more and more. And then we actually met in person at a con and it was awesome. And, you know, we just kind of clicked from there. And it was just it's that initial reaction that I'm just like any reaction that you have to any person that you meet and end up befriending. It's a positive interaction at the start. And you go, I want to spend more time with that person and get to know that person. But it's a two-sided interaction. (laughs) Exactly. It is. And it's, and it, the, um, you know, 95% of the interactions that a streamer or podcaster has with their audience is overwhelmingly positive. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, it's the 5% or so that can really make it difficult. And it, in it, I mean, I, I just, I warn, I guess my perspective is that, you know, if you are someone out there who is looking to get into streaming, looking to get into podcasting and looking to build a community for yourself, just be careful about how, you know, what, where your line is in terms of being genuinely open about sharing your life there's a two edged sword to this because the most successful streamers and podcasters have a, um, an era of them that are very, it's very approachable, honest, like they're genuine. You get it. You like, this person is being so real with me right now on this show. That's what this show does, right? We are real, but it can take someone who may not be in the most stable mental health thinking that they actually do really know you and they know everything about you. And that line of we're going to, you know, like hang out every once in a while and try to get to know each other has like gone out the wayside. And all of a sudden you guys are like best friends. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and the thing about it is that it is, you, you don't know you, you there's like, there's obviously warning signs of what behaviors can start triggering. Like you can see it and you're looking at it and you're like, um, that doesn't seem right. Like that's a little too familiar or that's a little bit too forward or that's a little bit too Mm -hmm. weird. Yeah. But, and especially those of us who are either new or, or just getting started, like you want these people to like you. Yeah. You want to connect with them and it can be very easy for someone who is either, predatory or unstable to step in and put you in a position where you are not going to want to be. Mm -hmm. And so just be careful. Yeah. And sometimes, like you say, you mentioned, you know, people being predatory and sometimes it's not even that um, intentional or negative potentially. Like they, they don't either, like they don't realize they're doing it or, you know, they don't, they don't mean to, to upset you or to make you feel bad. Like, and I mean, the guy in the article, like he did not mean to put Elaheim in a bad situation. He was just like, it just, how Elaheim would react was not even on his radar. Like there was yeah. no ill intention there. He just was, you know, completely oblivious to everyone else in his life. And, right. you know, like, I think that sometimes like people don't realize how their actions are impacting others. Because I know like there is someone who follows like all of my shows and who through all of my streams in different ways, different places has gotten onto all of my friends lists in all the different places. And I swear to God, I cannot turn on a device without a message from this person. Mm-hmm. And it's overwhelming. Like, it is unbelievably overwhelming. It's like, I feel like they must have favorited me in all the places so that as soon as I come online, there's a message that pops up that says, Joss has come online. And they're like, must message Joss, must message Joss. And I'm just like, stop messaging Joss. Like, (laughs) and sometimes, like you said, Jules, with the comment about, you know, how are your cats? Like, oh, (laughs) my cats are fine. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks. <laughs> but it's just kind of like yeah. they're, they're asking me as soon as first of all, there's the oh, my God, as soon as she logs in, I have to message her. But then there's also like, 
I need to include a piece of personal information so she knows I'm listening. And it's gotten to the point where I'm like, Kay, you're creeping me the fuck out. Stop, please. <laughs> like, yeah. I hope I never meet this person in real life because it scares me a little. Yeah. Because yeah. it seems a little bit obsessive and it's scary. <laughs> and I know, Nevermore, you have a little bit of like, I guess Elheim in this case was really lucky because he actually has police training, but I don't have police training. So sometimes I have a little bit of that kind of fear of like, what if? I see this person at a con. What if somebody tracks me down? Like I didn't have the, I guess, smarts that you two had to kind of make my online persona, not my actual name. My name is out there everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I go by my first and last name. This is me. And I didn't think I would ever need to worry about this. But it's like, it's scary. The, the idea of potentially being found i guess in real life mm -hmm. like and well, so it's, so it's so easy you know what i mean it's like obviously i don't podcast or anything as much as you guys like i have this um but you know and i just i like nevermore just because that's who i feel like my embodies me like mm -hmm. i mean i don't it's not that i hate my real life name um people say it you know my name is sarah it's not like a hidden thing um, ben will say it sometimes. My raid team says it sometimes. Sometimes we say it here. Like, it's not mm. a, oh, no, it's not you know, hidden, it's not like, yeah. it's not a secret. Yeah, it, it's not yeah. a secret, you know, but at the but same time, like, like, I even, I forget what your last name is because <laughs> I like, <laughs> I just know you as Nevermore, like one word, like Madonna. Well, it's <laughs> like, and if I could make that my name and not have people look at me or my mom be sad, like, I would totally do it. But it, it gets to the point, too, where like, you know, Ben does his podcast. He also goes by his first and last name, you know, and all they have to do if they want to find him, you know, is order something from my Etsy. You know, mm. it has, you know, addresses on it. It's, you know, stuff like that. Like people don't think about things like that. And I think at the point where, I mean, unless it's become a problem before then, like I think by the time we get a house, like I think probably getting some sort of PO box between mm -hmm. the two of us with our hobbies and stuff. But I mean, information's out there. Like, and like you said about with the cat comment, it's like people come up to us at BlizzCon and stuff and talk to us about things. And you're like, wait, what? Like, or they'll <laughs> tag me in a tweet and I'm like, Oh, did I say that? Like, did I tell everyone that? Like, what's <laughs> happening? Like, mm -hmm. you just don't think about it. And then if you, put it into perspective like Joss how many times you record and how many times people are watching or listening to the streams and stuff like that like they're spending a couple hours a week with you mm -hmm. if they listen to all your shows times however many weeks per year like that's quality time in a way like <laughs> yeah. to them yeah. not necessarily to you but I can see well, where it's shocking I'm having like, the same hour of quality time with you know like <laughs> probably around 50,000 people a week. If you add up all of my listeners of all of my shows and all of my everythings, then there's about 50,000 people a week who are having a quality time hour with Joss. <laughs> I'm having a quality yeah. time hour with Jules and Nevermore or with Garrett and Dills or with Ryan. And exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but from their perspective, but from their perspective. Yeah, exactly. It's not that, you know, they're sitting at work, maybe listening or whatever, and they're getting to know you that way. So I, it, it's weird. It's like this, I don't know. It's this new age kind of creepy realism. Like you just, <laughs> I mean, and not everybody's intention is bad. And we're not saying that. We're not saying everybody who watches everybody's show is creepy. Like, please don't take it that way. We're just talking about how you can kind of try to protect yourself. And like, I don't think everybody even thinks of it from the reverse of like how it seems or comes across. Just because it is a newer thought process, I guess, to like understand and to see it from the opposite view. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, you, did you guys see um, that a couple, like it's about a week or two ago that Scott Johnson had posted oh, that yeah. his, yeah, his wife, Kim, who he talks about regularly on the show, he talks about his family, his children, everybody knows their names. If you're a listener of the show, his wife, Kim, had a listener who found her phone number and was calling her regularly. What? Yeah. I did so not she, see that. in that case, she isn't even the person who's putting herself out there. She is supporting her husband who's putting himself out there, but yeah. she's not like, hi, I'm Kim, blah, blah, life story, blah, on the internet, yeah. like we are. Like she is very much yeah. like his, his partner and his supporter, but yeah, that like, <laughs> talk about too far. 
Yeah. <laughs> if like, yeah, if somebody cool. like found Matt's phone number and was like calling him, like trying to get to me, oh man. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's funny because I just talked about 10 minutes ago, my fear of somebody finding me, but it's like, as soon as I'm like, someone's finding my loved ones, put them up, <laughs> like in yeah. total fight mode. Like, <laughs> well, that's like earlier when Jules was saying, I was like, who hurt you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I will come after you. Or I was like, but came to my house. Like, you guys don't even know. Like, I get freaked out by stuff, but I am so paranoid. Like, I will cut you. <laughs> like, I hear a noise outside. I'm in the window checking it out. So don't come for me. <laughs> don't come for anyway. me. Anyway. Oh, my God. Oh, never more. I, you're so fun. <laughs> and dangerous. Yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, to get the conversation back a little bit <laughs> from never, I don't even really know how to segue back from Nevermore's I Will Cut You. Like, how, where do you go from there? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think that um, just expectations really need to be managed in so many different ways. Like, and it's, it's on us as streamers a little bit, too, because, like I mentioned, all the different ways that you can be contacted. This is something that I've started to really struggle with because... For me, my platform of choice for a really long time was Twitter, and I still love Twitter, but I've moved towards Discord a little bit more. But my largest fan base is absolutely on Twitter. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I struggle now to put out content in multiple different places and to respond to everything I get. And I've let so much fall through the, through the cracks, including now messages even from friends and family. Like... When I was talking to my mom on the weekend, she was like, I sent you like four emails last week. WTF? Like, are you dead? I'm like, no. <laughs> I just, you know, I have too many different platforms to manage now. And I can't remember the messages that I have seen and responded to versus just seen. Uh, yeah. I'm so bad about that. And especially like how my phone doesn't get reception really well where I work. Mm. I see messages sometimes where I can't access them at the time. Like I'll see the notification, but my app won't load or whatever. These guys know we, yeah. I can never get in discord yeah. <laughs> very rarely, but same thing. Like, or I'll get a text and I'll totally forget to reply to it. And people are just like, Oh, well you never got back to me. I'm like, I know I'm a horrible person. I'm yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just that there's so many. And, and for me, especially, I know I like lately, especially, I get overloaded because mm. there are so many ways that people can contact me. And I sat down one time and I counted the different mm. ways that my, my community, my, um, you know, the people I work with, my family, how many ways that people can actually reach me and which, how many platforms and good Lord, good Lord. <laughs> I, I was just overwhelmed because it was yeah. like, there's so many different ways to do this. And, um, and then there's that pressure, like there's that pressure, like, Oh gosh, did I drop the ball and not respond to somebody? So I, uh, so I, and then there are the days where I'm just like, I just would like to like put that away for today. And then there's the guilt. Like I put it away. And what if I miss something important? Mm-hmm what mm -hmm. so oh so scary I just um I I have to like on on the weekend I've been better about just kind of like just put away for a little bit like just don't don't do it I've stopped working on weekends yeah like, yeah I mean I pretty much just like I, I've got an occasional thing right here like but I'll have someone contact me and say can we meet on the weekend I'm like no let's meet Monday through Friday yeah. Can we do a, can you do a podcast on Sunday? Um, I guess <laughs> I don't want to do a podcast on Sunday, but I'll do it because it's, it needs to be done. So, so Ben snagging you guys on a Friday is an okay, good deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah Friday's the line. Friday. It's so funny. <laughs> like, I'll be like, Oh, who's on tonight? Cause I never know until that Friday. He'll be like, Oh, it's Joss or oh, it's Jules. I'm like, Okay. <laughs> he never knows until Friday. Yeah, yeah I get the emails on Friday. Yeah. He used to, but now he doesn't. I just think it's funny because it's always people I like. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> no but like, deal. I really like what you've done there, Jules, with like managing your expectations and the expectations of people trying to contact you because I think that's something that I fail at a lot is like I am just online all the time, ready to respond to messages. And I really think that it's important for streamers and 
podcasters and just personalities in general to kind of draw those lines and make it and make it very clear to your fans saying like, all right, if you want to get me, you will absolutely get me nine to five Monday to Friday. Like absolutely hundred percent. You have all my attention, but if you're going to message me at four o'clock in the morning, I am sorry. I'm not answering that message. And mm-hmm. I, I know I am so bad for this because my phone is just constant notification, notification, notification. And some people get really upset with you if you don't respond to them. And even to the point that, like, the only acceptable thing that they'll take as an excuse for not messaging them back is, I'm really sorry, I'm recording a show right now. Because they're like, okay, it's cool. You're making me content. So it's all right. And I'm just like, I'm not yours. I'm mine. I know. (laughs) Well, I'm setting business hours and days is not crazy. It's it's what you're doing, even Mm -hmm. though... Like, it's more of a job versus, you know, a hobby for some people. It's still your time. Like, you manage it. You know, you're in charge of it. It shouldn't be up to them to, like, dictate to you or to be upset about it, you know? I had somebody, and this just happened about a week and a half ago. I just had someone send me a private message in Discord, a fan of my other show, sent me a private message at 12, it was like 12.30 in the morning. Now, I shut my phone off for notifications, so I don't see it. But 12.30 in the morning, with a bullet-pointed list of questions about (laughs) buying or or, um, adopting a cat. (laughs) I am serious. And I'm looking at this. He absolutely had to know right then. (laughs) What would compel you to message me on a, and it was on a weekend too. And I'm like, it was like 1230 in the morning on a a weekend to send me a private message to ask for my advice about adopting a cat with a bullet pointed list of like seven items. And I'm just like, (laughs) you just thought, let me Google that for you. (laughs) Oh, and I was, it's just, that is, but that is the relationship. That is the things that happened. And then I just, I will be like, I'm not answering that crap. And I'm not answering it. Like I'm waiting, like until I actually sit down to like in front of my computer and I might actually answer it sometime today, (laughs) you know, but it's, it's like, I, that to me is like the always on, always accessible line that I'm like, and, and I have to actually fight it to say, I have to respond to this person right now. No, I don't. No, I've started I just don't. ignoring certain replies to people. Like, I'll just all out not pay attention to it specifically just because less stress for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, Hachikomo, you know, the thing about it is that it's like, and Hachikomo said, I almost did that after the episode on my demon, like to send... To send someone a private message, I think, is a different thing than responding to something in a public chat room and, and like, tagging them. I do think that's different. Mm -hmm. But, like, if someone is direct messaging me, like, they want to talk to me at that specific time. And I do think that that's a line that needs to be respected. Like, nobody is normally awake at 1230 in the morning unless there's, like, unless I've established that my schedule is like that, right? And also, like, with the exception, people of, like, international so-and-so, like, time differences. Like, we mm-hmm. get that. Like, if it's 4 o'clock for you and you message Jules, like, yeah, there's going to be, like, a time break, you know. She'll get to you later. <laughs> like, <laughs> but don't get upset with her. That's kind of silly. <laughs> well, and I just, I, I mean, I just, the thing about it is, like, I just want, I, I'm, I just want people to realize that it, it's, Something that stresses me out, too, when people message me because I, I want to be available to them. But at the same time, it's like I, I can't be always available to everybody. Mm-hmm. I just can't. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and I will always do my best to respond to people. But it's like I, I, I just find it interesting that the stuff I get sometimes in the middle of the night, like, <laughs> Okay, I'll <laughs> respond to you when I get a chance because you sent it at four in the morning. Yeah, I'm going to start doing that if I'm awake on the weekend. I'm just going to send you, like, cat shit. Like, just picture, Not actual cat shit. <laughs> Please like, don't. Cat, like, cat pictures and weird stuff. And just be like, do not send me cat <laughs> shit. Please do not. Oh, man. I know we've got to go. I know we've yeah. got to go. Like, and on that great I note. was going to say, on that note, that's a really great place <laughs> to wrap up our discussion on being online all the time and expectations of viewers. But all right. <laughs> Catch it. <Aww. laughs> 
<laughs> we do have an email tonight and I do want to get to it, uh, but we are running out of time. So we're going to keep this really quick and really short. Uh, so if you would like to send an email to us, you can do so at demonspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can be like our current listener, Everick, who sent us a message over on our Discord, which is discord.gg slash jossplays. There are two different chat rooms if you would like to share your demons. The first one is a PG chat, PG chat room. Feel free to talk about anything. We also have an 18 plus chat room, and that one gets fun. <laughs> so. I just remembered that I have something to post there, too, so thanks. <laughs> <laughs> You're very welcome, Nevermore. Uh, so this comes to us from Everick. says, hey, all, I'm new to the community, but I recently binged every episode of the show, and I have a double demon I could use some advice on. Long story short, I recently met and fell in love with a girl from Mexico who uh, was on a study visa that was about to run out. Rather than lose her, I dropped out of university, left my job, and moved to Mexico City with her. I'm 22, so it's not like I was abandoning a career I'd sunk years into or anything, but I was and am carrying a fairly crushing amount of debt. As I'm not legally allowed to work in Mexico currently, I'm making ends meet as a freelance writer. The downside is I'm earning about 2 to $3 an hour, which is so brutal. I thought he left a digit or two off of this, but anyways, apparently 2 to $3 an hour. The upside is that with the exchange rate and cost of living here, that's just barely enough to scrape by. But as I mentioned, I already have thousands of dollars of crushing debt, and even making the minimum payments is currently impossible with my current wage. I'm loving Mexico and very grateful for every day I get to spend with the love of my life, but now there's an undertone of hopelessness and dread as I have to deal with every day. Or sorry, that I have to deal with every day. Ironically, all that is actually the smaller demon. The real demon is the fact that I knew going into this, I was making a decision that would make my life very difficult going forward. And I chose to make that sacrifice to have the life I actually wanted. I knew it would be hard, but maybe not this hard. So now I feel like I can never express how hard it is or ask for help because after all, I did this to myself. This is actually the first time I'm really telling anyone about it. After listening to the podcast, I'm thinking keeping it bottled up like this is probably not healthy. So I guess the advice I'm looking for is how do you cope with something like this when you're having a really hard time, but know it's entirely your fault. So I can really relate to this because I've definitely picked up everything and, and moved, but I've never done it without a safety net. <laughs> I read this email and I was just like, oh man, dude, like <laughs> what? <laughs> that's, that is, I mean, I, I try never to call our listeners crazy, but dude, that that's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah, that is, yeah. that is the epitome of like do anything for love. I can't believe this story. Like this is insane. And I think like, I am so happy that you're happy with the person that you've chosen to be with. I think that's phenomenal, but I can't believe that you moved without a safety net. And I think yeah. that my number one piece of advice here, the thing that you should do like today is go and find out how you get a work visa. <laughs> Learn yeah. how to work in Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that is, you've got to tackle, well, Number one thing that you did, which is acknowledge the demon when you yes. say it out loud and you say that I did this and I'm, t I'm responsible for it. That is awesome. That is amazing. And that is like what you have to do. But then the next step is now you've got to do something about it because you've acknowledged it. Mm -hmm. And so finding work or getting a work visa or establishing work in Mexico should be your primary, like you have to figure out how to take care of this debt. Um, also go to Reddit and go to the personal finance subreddit. There is a ton of resources out there for how to, um, how to negotiate down debt. If you have creditors out there, it there, they will teach you how, and, and I've read many, many threads of people who called their, their, their creditors and negotiated, like, I will pay you this amount of the debt if you will clear it from my record and they, I mean these things like it works go and investigate this it's on reddit.com slash r slash personal finance start working on that debt start making a plan and there's a lot of stuff you can do to try to help you do that most definitely Mm -hmm. I think probably the only kind of caveat to that would possibly be because he did mention that he was in university and dropped out. So if that's student debt, then you're probably not going to be able to negotiate that. At least I know our student 
uh, loans up in Canada are government loans, so mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of wiggle room. They basically let you renegotiate once, and all that does is like double your payback term, so technically lowers your payment, but puts you on the hook for 20 years instead of 10, which right. stupid Jocelyn did. So uh, yeah, I'm going to be on the hook for still another like 10 years. But anyways, <laughs> um, if it's student debt, that might be a little bit more of a problem. But yeah, you're right. If it's If it's like any kind of other credit, any kind of other debt, you're probably going to be able to negotiate it down. So that's a really, really good point, Jules. I think um, the second part of this demon, because I know like finances are really, really difficult to deal with, but I think the second part here is how to cope and how to kind of like ask for help. And this is the the thing that I touched on because we actually, like I mentioned, this came from the Discord. So we had a little bit of a conversation over there. Um, the thing that I pointed out is like... You, you can't feel like you, there's no one to turn to. Like, whether whatever the cause of your issue is, I don't think that there's ever a time where you shouldn't ask for help. Like, if you're if you've gotten to the point where you need help, you need to also be able to ask for it. And I think that comes to yeah. a little bit of like swallowing your pride because basically what you're worried about is that people are going to be angry at you or that they're going to judge you because you've made a poor decision. So I think you yeah. kind of just need to move past that and be like. Just own it. Be like, I love this girl. She's freaking awesome. I moved to Mexico. It was a poor decision. I need help now. (laughs) That takes balls. Like, seriously. Like, I could never just, like, run off and be like, okay. Like, see you later. This is my life now. (laughs) Yeah. Good for you for, like, going after life and stuff. But, I mean, there has to be something. Like, don't they have contacts there of, like, embassies or something where you can talk? I don't know how travel works. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just asking, like, I'm just there... using words I heard on TV. <laughs> Aren't there like diplomats and embassies that right? can just fix it? Well, you can contact them to find out maybe some sort of temporary thing, or maybe they have contacts of how you could find some sort of work. I don't know. I don't know how it works. I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, and yeah. It, I mean, it's gonna be it's it's gonna take some research and some some legwork, but. Um, there's there's a thing that happens a lot of times with people who are um, you know when you've just gotten to the point where you're just like I'm I, I really screwed myself over that you just kind of give up and say I've screwed myself over so I might as well just keep, I'm just gonna continue to be a screw up and you're you're feeling despair and like this can never change and acknowledging it and saying I I, I actually know that I I did this I'm expecting that I should pay the consequences but. It's, it, you know, it's being, being strong and saying, I need to, to figure out, I have to look at this from a different angle. I have to look at this from a way I haven't viewed it before. And that is going to be really important here. I feel like he is on the right road because he's got, so he's got a girlfriend who loves him and he has a good life there. Like there's a lot of stuff that's good mm-hmm. in your life. You just have to kind of fix this other stuff that you know, you learn from, and we've said this on the show before, when you screw up, it's a lesson. It's, it's like, it, you're going to learn from this and you're going to take something from it for the future. So what's the lesson here? What have you taken from this and where are you going to go from here? Like, what are you, what are you not going to do again? (laughs) And what would you do again? Yeah. Well, I'm just looking into like what options you have because you don't want the stress of financial stuff to weigh on the relationship that you went there for, you know, you don't want that to be like a downward spiral of stuff that's going to affect all that, you know? So you're taking the steps and how to fix it. I mean, I just don't have answers for you exactly, but you know, Jules look telling you to look up the Reddit and stuff like that's a start, you know, start looking up stuff that's maybe specifically to being in Mexico and not having a work visa. Like, Google, (laughs) you know, see if you can find like blogs or something of people who have some sort of similar situation. Maybe they have advice of where it could take you. Mm -hmm. I feel like, too, there's there's another piece here, which is that this guy is 22 and he is basically struggling with all the really crappy parts of life that no one really wants to you know, deal with. Like, he's struggling with finding a job and managing his finances. Like, that's a little piece of me is kind of like, dude, welcome to life. Like, none of us like dealing with finances. None of us like dealing with debt. None of us like looking for a new job. Congratulations on leaving university. (laughs) 
like, yeah. <laughs> welcome to the real world. Like, this is shitty. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I feel bad that no one told you, but this kind of sucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, on, on the one hand, you're also really lucky that you're just 22. You still have a lot of time to find out what it is that you can do and kind of make sense of a lot of this stuff. And I mean... I, I don't want to advocate for bankruptcy or anything, but I mean, yeah. like, you're also 22. <laughs> like, there's a lot of things that you can do to, you know, like, alleviate this debt and figure things yeah. out. And people expect 22-year-olds to fuck up. <laughs> so, yes. again, yes. like, you know, yes. you, your age is kind of on your side here that, you know, like, use it to your advantage. I think it's probably the best advice I can give. But, yeah, you're, yeah. you're definitely coming into the shitty parts of life. Sorry. <laughs> Weigh your options, get in there, start digging around, really start to investigate what your options are so you make it an educated choice going forward. Um, That is the best you can do. It's the most mature thing you can do. And your girlfriend will appreciate that you took the time to to investigate, really feel like you've done your homework and you've thought it through like a a mature adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Bass Guru in the chat room. Bass Guru, sorry, in the chat room saying adulting is hard. Adulting's really it hard. It's really, it really, is really hard. hard. None of us like it. It's just, <laughs> this. you just kind of have to own up to it. And yeah, like we said, make use of resources and, and try to move forward and figure out how to fix this situation. And don't, like Nevermore said, don't let it weigh on your relationship. Because if everything that's good right now is the fact that you're in Mexico, you're enjoying being in Mexico, and you love the one you're with. Yep. You're winning at the big parts of life. There are a lot of people that hate where they live or hate who they're with, and you've got those down. So good for you at 22. Pfft, way to go, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. Now you Seriously, just got it. Like, and please keep us updated. We would mm-hmm. love to hear like how you're working on fixing it. Like obviously, we're like step by step trying to get our shit together. So we know it's not like an instant like you're it's fixed. But we would love to hear that you're you know progressing and finding stuff out. And just yeah. update us. Exactly. Uh, So that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you to all of our new viewers. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Um, You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Demons Podcast. Jules, where can folks find you? You can find me on Twitter at Jules RPG and my other podcast, which is Torrent Think Tank, records Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central at twitch.tv slash Torrent Think Tank. And Nevermore, where can folks find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Quota Nevermore. That's where I post mostly everything, and that's where I'm most active other than in our Discord. So, yay! Perfect, and that Discord, again, is discord.gg slash jossplays. You can find me all over the internet at jossplays. Uh, you can also find episodes of this show posted on jossplays.com. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye! Please don't come to our homes.